Hello and welcome again to another episode of our program, Develop. It is our honor and privilege to have your company with us as we continue our exploration of a series we titled The Holiness Movement. And the whole premise of this series is about the brand of Christianity, that Jesus lived, died, rose again, and sent us the Holy Spirit so we could live this life out. And we've been saying over and over again, from Genesis to Revelation, God repeatedly encourages and invites His followers to be holy just as He is holy. He wants us so deeply to represent the character of our heavenly dad that people would smell His character, the aroma of Christ in our lives. And people say, you know, I may not necessarily agree with what they think and do, but I sure can't believe the goodness that comes and the graciousness that comes out of the way they live their life. And here we are going to look at another um, factor that God uses in order to empower our our life or our pursuit of holiness. We've looked at the discipline of the Father. Uh, We looked at the cross of Jesus. And today we look at the empowerment of the Spirit. And let me uh, put it that way. We had uh, produced several episodes, uh, seven episodes, I I believe, about the person function and our relationship with the Holy Spirit. I love you to to, um, avail yourself those uh, episodes. This is going to be very quick. Uh, we will we will uh, go through what's you know the the function of the Holy Spirit in order to empower us to live the life of Jesus on earth. But the biggest thing I want to bring to your attention: there is no holy living without the Holy Spirit. You can't be uh, you can't manifest the character of Christ without the enablement of the Holy Spirit. And I know some people and I grew up in an environment where uh, talking about the Holy Spirit was like a crime. It's like, no, 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 no. You're not one of those Holy Spirit people, are you? It's like, what do you mean? Uh, like, is there something wrong in that? In fact, I kid you not, at three days ago, uh, I had a, a really mature person in a leadership in a particular church. He said to me, you know what, Peter? For years, I hated these charismatic people. I hated this whole charismatic thing. Uh, God worked on his heart, which is awesome a story to be able to hear today. But I would hate to have heard his uh, you know, uh, convictions uh, several years ago when he uses the word hated. Uh, it's like uh, another person said to me, he was growing up in a Christian uh, tradition, in fact, in an evangelical Christian tradition, and said, they told us we believe in God the Father and God the Son and the Holy Word. <laughs> and the Holy Word is not part of the triune God. The Holy Spirit is. And if for any reason, because of some people's words, because of some people inappropriate actions, or because of maybe 
inauthentic experiences that you've watched in some Christian environments, you may have been reluctant to open yourself up to the person and the work of the Spirit. My friend, allow me to apologize on their behalf. Allow me to say, please do not miss on the greatest factor that God has for us to grow us to our full potential to live a Christ-like life just because you've had a bad experience. Do I undermine your bad experience? Absolutely not. I personally have watched people when I was still trying to figure out this Holy Spirit thing who have demonstrated a lifestyle and, and demonstrated activities and sensational experiences that freaked me out. And, and I'm so glad for other people in my life who demonstrated their love for Jesus, their perseverance in their walk with God, but their love for the function and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And I owe them everything. But let me tell you today, if you want to live a holy life, you are invited to interact with the Holy Spirit, the person in the Holy Trinity that is uh, being promised to come into your life and to allow you and make you a person that lives a Christ-like existence. And I want to limit my observation about the role of the Holy Spirit in our sanctification to three things. And if you, and if you look at our uh, series on the Holy Spirit, you'll find so many different functions that the Holy Spirit addresses. But allow me to speak about the way the Spirit sanctifies us by the way He abides in us, by the way He guides us, and by the way he transform us. Allow me the opportunity to share with you about each one of those functions or ministry roles of the Spirit. The first thing we hear about the Spirit comes from Jesus' own mouth as He was about to depart planet Earth in what we know as the, uh, you know, the farewell discourse in the book of John uh, starting uh, from chapter 13 or so up until chapter 17 where Jesus is articulating His uh, final words uh, before he got crucified and raised again. And he says uh, to the disciples um, two significant passages about the Holy Spirit. Let me read John 14, uh, starting from verse 15. And that's how Jesus expressed it. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever the spirit of truth. Let's pause there. Have you noticed that that passage starts with the idea, if you love me, keep my commands. We spoke about that in our previous uh, uh, segment on uh, failure to live a holy life, uh, a failure to pursue holiness. And we mentioned that uh, the true followers of Jesus obey the commands. It's one of the evidence that first book of John uh, explains about genuine believers. They obey God's commands. So here Jesus is saying, I want you to live out uh, imitating my character by obeying my commands. I want you to live the standards and principles of God, God's will and God's heart. 
I want you to express that in practicality. And that means you obey my command. But then he says this incredible link. And have you noticed there is the word and associated after the full stop of the previous statement. And I will ask the father and he will give you another ad. What's going on? What's the relationship, Jesus? Have you just lost your train of thought and, and, you, and you moved into another topic? He says, no. You cannot obey my commands. You cannot live my holy standards on your own. And that was the dilemma of all of history and ancient Israel. They were given the standards of God, the, 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 the way God intended them to live their lives on Mount Sinai, but they couldn't. And the whole history of the Old Testament is all about one failure after another uh, by the ancient uh, people of God that they could not obey God's will and express God's nature. But then we know that the, the, new, the, the Old Testament promised of a New Testament of a Holy Spirit that will come and enable them to keep God's law. To live according to God's principles and heart and will. And here Jesus, in such a profound way, articulates the same concepts. Another advocate to help you because you can't do it on your own. You can't live a godly life without the Holy Spirit. Another advocate means a, a helper or someone that comes alongside to strengthen us. And another, it's another of the same kind. There is two words. Of another, another of the same kind or another of a different kind. Here Jesus is saying the Holy Spirit is another helper, is another strengthener, if, if there's such a word, who's like me, is of the same essence to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. To be with you forever, he must be eternal. Because He can't be with you forever if He's not eternal. And the Holy Spirit is not it. May the fourth be with you. No, the Holy Spirit is a person with feelings and with, with mind and we can quench Him and we can grieve Him. He's the Spirit of truth that shares truth with us and enables us to live truth. The world cannot accept Him, but it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But you know Him. For He lives with you in the person of Christ and will be in you. The Holy Spirit, here Jesus makes it utterly clear, will come and live within the believers. And that is the meaning of the word abide within us, indwells us. He finds His home in us and we make His home in us. We uh, uh, we, we accept Him to change our nature. So there is no Christian, the book of Romans chapter 8 explains that you cannot be a follower of Jesus. You can't have Jesus without the Holy Spirit. Simple as that. You don't have the Holy Spirit, you're not really a follower of Jesus. So He's saying the Holy Spirit comes to regenerate you, to give you a new nature, to make you a child of God. And that is our experience of being born from above, having a new divine nature on the inside. 
And let me tell you this, my friends, without that new nature, without the abiding spirit that enables us to have a new nature, we couldn't possibly live a holy life. We're inclined to live an unholy life because our uh, nature has been um, uh, has been sabotaged, has has been um, uh, defaced, has uh, has been distorted. The nature that we have in our creation because of sin—it was a virus that messed everything up spiritually. But wow, Jesus says, "Don't worry about it. He's coming to give you a new nature, and that new nature has the appetite, has the willingness, has the desires." You know. When people say, look, I don't know what to do, but I don't really want to be around God and His Word. I, mean, I just, it's, a, it's like an obligation. I say the problem isn't your willpower. The problem is you haven't been renewed in nature. You see, my dad used to tell me this example. I love it. It says a pig and a sheep differ significantly. A sheep doesn't want to roll in mud all day long, but a pig finds their home in dirt and mud. If you take a, 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 a sheep heart, so to speak, and put it in a pig, will the pig want to you know, uh, roam in mud all day long and, and be in filth? No, 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 no. The heart, the nature, what we mean, the, the nature that the Spirit gives us hates the things that God hates and loves the things that God loves because it's the nature of God that has been deposited in us by the grace of Jesus, not on our own, but because of the grace and the sacrifice of Jesus, now the Holy Spirit has been able to come and make His dwelling place in us. The first thing that enables us uh, to be empowered by the Spirit, to live a Jesus-like life, a Christ-like life, a holy life, is the abiding presence, is the abiding presence of the Spirit. Secondly, He teaches us. He doesn't just abide within us and leaves us to do whatever we feel like doing. He's like our tutor. He's like our coach. He's, he's, he's like around us, mentoring us to live the life that He has deposited within us. He's given us potentiality and now He's going to enable us to express that in actuality. And look what Jesus also says from the blessed mouth of our Savior. He says, all of this I have spoken while I'm still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Isn't that incredible? That the Spirit of God will teach us all that we need to know. All, and, and you know, teaching is not just a cognitive activity as you know. A teacher or a tutor or a coach or a personal trainer, they enable you with skills as well so that you could uh, live out the concepts, so to speak, that are being communicated. The Spirit guides us. And I want to share with you uh, another statement from Jesus about the Holy Spirit from the same discourse, but in John chapter 16 and starting from verse 12. He says, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when He, the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of truth comes, oh my goodness, 
He will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak of his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. So here we are uh, given a little bit of an elaboration of the role of the Holy Spirit that teaches and guides. First of all, He reveals things to us. Say so He teaches us everything and He does that by two things. He reveals truth to us. He will make known things to us. You know, how many times where we you are encountering a, a, a piece of scripture or, or you're discussing something with a trusted Christ-like believer and it finally dawns on you, say, ah, I get it now. It's, it's the spiritual uh, contemporary of aha moments. It's, 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 it's like God all of a sudden opens our eyes. You know, like Paul says, may the eyes of your minds be opened, the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the spirit of God makes known to us things uh, you couldn't possibly understand. Uh, there is always a, a common uh, common statement that, 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 we, that we say around our team at Gen J and we say, you know, uh, you know, once you see it, you can't unsee it. You know, when God opens your eyes to see something, oh my goodness, you know it's the absolute truth. But He doesn't just reveal things to us and excites our inner being to follow through on that. You know what He says? He will guide you into all the truth. You see, somebody can guide me to the truth. It's like you can bring me to a cup of water. You cannot make me drink it. But the Holy Spirit brings us into something. You know, He says you can bring a camel to, you know, the river. He can't make him, you know, whatever. And, and the reality is the Holy Spirit brings it into you. He brings you into the truth. He allows you to be positioned in there, to accept it, to believe it, to live it. You are immersed by it. Having said that, it's nice to have a sip of water too. The Holy Spirit abides in us. The Holy Spirit guides us. And then the Holy Spirit transforms us. This is one of my all-time favorite scripture. And we memorized it in the New King James Version. I, I love it. It says, but we all with unveiled face, behold as in the mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. What is he saying here? Paul is telling us we want to be transformed into the same image. I love that. Some people say, Peter, your uh, group's emphasis on Christ-likeness is a heresy. It's like we can't possibly be like Jesus. Well, my friend, I am not a scholar. But just with my naked eyes, I read the scripture and it says being transformed into the same image. Not a photocopied image, not an image that is not necessarily original. It's like it, but it, you know what? I don't know that stuff. I'm not that smart. I'm just taking God's word 
as it is. It's saying being transformed into the same image. Paul says that he labors with pain until Christ is formed in us. Uh, Romans chapter 8, it speaks of us being conformed to the same image of Christ. You see, the Spirit of God is the agent, is the divine factor that enables us to gradually, from glory to glory, that is gradually grow into the, 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 the image that we were created to bear. It says into the same image, the image of the glory of the Lord, which is ultimately Jesus. He's the glory of the Lord as Hebrew, uh, Hebrew 1 tells us. He's the radiance of God's glory. So we're being transformed into that image of Christ gradually from glory to glory. And how does that happen, Paul? It says, by the Spirit of the Lord. By the Spirit of the Lord. The Lord, the Holy Spirit is the one transforms us. Yes, we have a role to play. But that role as well is an allusion to what we just mentioned about the Holy Spirit guiding us by revealing truth to us. I'll give you the link. Look at what he says here. He says, but we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror. So we look at something in the mirror. What is the mirror? James chapter 1 tells us that the mirror is the Word of God. So we look in the Word of God and the Holy Spirit's anointing, the Holy Spirit's revelation. So many people read the Word of God and know it 10 times better than you and me put together and they understand some doctrines and theological uh, difficult uh, uh, concepts through the scripture, but they not being revealed uh, the, the, the image of Christ on the inside of them. It's all here written, theoretical, but the Holy Spirit does something. That's why I want to encourage, say, Holy Spirit, just come and do something in my life. You know, activate that dynamite, spiritual dynamite, reveal, uh, reveal to me to see see what I can't see on my own. He says, when you look in the mirror of the word and the Holy Spirit reveals to you supernaturally the truth, you know what? You begin to see not just in the word, the word becomes the mirror that shows what's on the inside of you. We've said this repeatedly. It, uh, looking through a window tells you who's on the outside. Looking through a mirror tells you who you are in Christ. Not on, a, on your own, absolutely not. We are nothing on our own. We are nothing and we can achieve nothing. We are never ever going to have the status that we currently have by our own abilities. But by the grace of Jesus, by the cross of Jesus, we do have of the enabling of the Spirit to have the potentiality, the divine nature, partakers of divine nature. We look in the mirror and we see the characteristics and attributes and character of the glorious uh, person of Christ, the image of God. And we'll begin to say, I can't believe I have that on the inside. And the word of God said, yes, you can love unconditionally like Jesus. You can forgive like Jesus. You can bear with other people like Jesus. You can have wisdom like Jesus. You can do these works as Jesus did it. In fact, Jesus would say, and greater works than these. You, you can live out and express the nature of God in your mortal body. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, a chapter later, Paul says that we who die daily manifest 
manifest the character of Christ or that he calls it the life of Christ in our mortal bodies. That means almost we become instruments surrendered to the control of the Holy Spirit. We collaborate with his whispers and prompting moment by moment obedience and the Spirit of God begins to manifest on the outside what He has already deposited on the inside. He manifests on the outside what He has deposited on the inside. And this is maturity, my friends. Maturity is surrendering to the Spirit more fully. That means every area of my life are given to the control of the Spirit. Because when He takes control, He says, ah, do this, don't do that, think this, don't think that, have this response, not that response. And as we fully surrender, He consistently manifests, we can't manifest the character of Christ, or which is known as the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5, and the competence of Jesus as it's written throughout the gifts of the Spirit in Romans 12 and, and 1 Corinthians uh, um, 12 and, and, uh, and also we hear about in Ephesians 4, the competence of Jesus manifested through us for the common good. And, uh, uh, and Paul tells us in Galatians 5, 16, 18, that we need to uh, interact with the Spirit. We walk in the Spirit and we do not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Here Paul is saying the spirit of God will uh, transform you, will manifest the life of Christ in you. But you have a role to play. You have to obey. You have to walk in sync with, or it's literally, as we said before, it's walking behind in step with a leader or a sergeant. You are walking behind the Spirit. And as we do that, the Spirit of God manifests the fruit of Christ's life in our own existence. And all of a sudden, uh, that as you collaborate with the Spirit, He enables you to love. He enables you to live with joy. He enables you to live with peace with others, with God and others. He enables you uh, to, to live in self-control, in kindness. He enables you to manifest in your interactions the attitudes and motivations and, and thoughts of Jesus. And people would say, why you act like that, man? Like, you're weird. Why aren't you taking the first step? Why aren't you promoting yourself above others? Why are you enduring this relationship that other people would say it drains your life? Why are you, why are you doing something that's abnormal? It's not natural. And, and you would know that it's only through the empowerment of the Spirit you could manifest the holy character of Jesus. And that's exactly what we're looking at today, that the empowering Holy Spirit enables believers to pursue a life of holiness as He changes our nature, as He teaches us, as He transforms us so that the character of Christ may be manifested in our mortal bodies. This is our prayer for you that the Spirit will empower you to live the life of Christ on earth for your own benefit, for the benefit of the people you love and for the glory of God. 
Thank you so much for being with us. We look forward to seeing you at our next episode. And until then, be utterly blessed in Jesus.